This is Headshots, the psychology and gaming podcast with your hosts, Josue Cardona and Dr. Kelly Dunlap. So Kelly, we're back from PAX East. Technically, that was two weeks ago, but here we are. We, we made it. Uh, I escaped without the con cred. Did you as well? No, no. I've been super sick. Oh, I've been, man. I've been really, yeah, oh, two weeks I was knocked out. So, so horrible. That's, I mean, dude, that's what you get when you stay the whole time. I, I was maybe at PAX East for about 24 hours max. And I had to, no, had to go I to went, South by. I was, I was, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand how you survived multiple conventions. Maybe they canceled each other out. I don't know. Or I'm just... You know, well, no, because I don't do anything. I don't go out. I don't drink. I don't party. I don't do anything. I'm like the lamest person to go to a convention with, but apparently the healthiest. So there you go. I just have a horrible immune system. That's that's the real explanation. <laughs> I shouldn't. I should never leave the house. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, finally. <laughs> so I do want to talk about our panel there because I think it was a lot of fun. Turned out really well. So kudos to whoever had that idea. Yeah, what, what rando was that? Oh, wait, that was me. <laughs> so I'm going to be completely honest. I was really worried. Well, I'm glad you I was actually that concerned. to me <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say anything before, but I had some concerns. I thought just, that the idea was cool. Out of curiosity, but I was, I'm, I'm I was really, worried. What, what, what were your concerns? So I had concerns about, um, like, you and I talk all the time. And then having panelists on who we don't talk to all the time, that's, a con- that's always concerning to me, right? Um, so namely, the, the other people who were there. I was a little concerned about that. I was also concerned about the combinations on the cards. I was like, hmm. Like, I was testing it out before, right? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Some of these could fall flat, but I don't know. So th- those were my, my, my main two concerns about the panel. But but it turned out great. I I'm I was I was very very happy with how everything turned out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be lying if I said I was full of confidence. Uh, when I pitched the idea, I was full of confidence. <laughs> and then when it came time to actually start um, writing out the content and pairing them together and seeing what would happen and then really trying to think about who our audience was because I had a lot of really good ideas but they were st- really clinical in nature. And I ran them by my husband and he's like, I don't get it. That's not funny to me. And so I I felt really challenged to come up with psychology concepts that were either kind of pop psychology where everybody knew at least a little bit about them or could be explained in like 30 seconds or less because otherwise there was just no point to it. The gaming references were easy. It was actually making the psychology stuff fit that was really challenging. So I I was also a little bit worried. I was also really worried um, that we weren't going to have enough content uh, because I think we came up with 12, 13 cards uh, for... Yeah, so let's actually explain what this is because though we did a whole episode talking about this beforehand, that, that episode never saw the light of day. Because the, the files were, were all messed up. That that would be my bad. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's not your fault. It's it was computer's my computer's fault. fault. And that computer yeah. is now dead in a ditch. So we have, oh, we've, yeah. we've moved I, on. You office spaced that thing with a bat, I hope. I, I, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> so so what we did, or, or your pitch was, essentially, Cards Against Humanity, 
where we have like we completely copied exactly what they do, right? A black card with white text, white card with black text, and then the black cards with the white text are a psychology concept with like a fill in the blank or something, and we'll go over those in a second. And then the white cards were gaming concepts. So the idea was that we would randomly play this game live in front of an audience with a panel. You know, the four of us would play the game live. The cards would be projected up on a screen, and they would come up randomly, and we would have um, you know. Discussions or jokes or whatever happened right when we brought those up. So essentially, playing a game live. Yeah. So the the idea behind it kind of came from my last semester of, of game design school. The idea of like procedurally or randomly generated content, so that you won't ever really know what's going to be there, and which makes it more fun for the player. Which in this case would be the four panelists. And uh, there is definitely a level of risk involved because you you can't plan what's going to happen. You can limit the possibilities, but there's there's really no way to know how things are are going to turn out. And I also really like this idea that you know, the, the idea that mental health and psychology can apply to games in such an intuitive way that you could just randomly pair a psychology concept and a gaming concept and evoke these really interesting conversations that you might not ever think of otherwise. Yeah. And I, I had the same experience where I was going through it with my girlfriend and showing her some of them. She was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> so... Maybe, maybe, maybe our significant others just weren't the right audience. Maybe, but I I think, I mean, I definitely really appreciated the the feedback and I agree that we, I think we ended up in a really good place. I think that's also why there were only 13 cards and, or 13 pairings and why we finished with like 20 minutes left. And I was like, let's throw it to Q and A. So, I mean, with 13 of each. Yeah, but with 13 of each, that gave us 169 different combinations possible. Oh, look at you, doing the math ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Plus three of the of the um, white cards were going to be audience choice. So those could... So those could be anything, right? And and that was another thing we were concerned about. We we created a, a Google form for people at the at the panel to you know for audience members to suggest gaming concepts that we could put in when whenever one of those cards came up. And I remember you and I put a couple in at the beginning, right? Just just in case nobody just to be submitted safe. any. Yep, and we had over 130 entries. Which was fantastic. It was actually so many that when the first time it came up, I was scrolling through and I was like, there's so many, I don't know what to pick. (laughs) And the thing is, 130 is almost the capacity of that room. So either almost everybody did it or a lot of people did multiple times. So that was really, really cool. No, I think that room held a lot more than 130 people. Was it 300? That room was closer to 300. But it wasn't full either. I mean, it was fullish. Maybe three quarters? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody got left out, but it was pretty full. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was great to have the response. I'm so, so stoked that that kind of experiment worked because I would love to work that into future panels that we do where there's a, a prompt on the screen that the audience can access while they're filling and while they're queuing that lets them engage in the panel in some kind of meaningful way. Uh, so I, I was I was yeah. so happy to see that people took advantage of that and not just one person, but a lot of people actively participated in our panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was fantastic. And, and it was happening throughout the panel, you know, and, and that's kind of what I wanted. I was hoping that as the game was progressing, people would be like, oh, it would be really good if this came up or if that came up. And, and that's exactly what happened. So, so I, I tried to recreate, it's been two weeks, right? And it was, it's kind of and a blur. But I, 
and I've been so sick. So I tried my best to recreate every single pairing that we actually had there. Um, and the order is a little iffy, but it's kind of there. So uh, if you were there at the panel, um, this may be a little different, right? But we're just going to kind of review. We're not going to play now because we know what they are. But uh, just kind of go over what we did, you know, the, the pairings that did come up and kind of how it went. Sounds good? Yeah, sounds great. All right. So my, uh, I believe that the first pairing that came up was blank, the latest high-tech stress relief. And the white card was the Konami code. And then, that of was course, pretty good. Patrick O'Connor just instantly with his left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, uh, threw it out there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one yeah. went by really, and, really fast. Yeah, but I thought it went, I, I thought that one was kind of a good way to start. I remember um, after Patrick, like, you know, reminded us all or showed us all that he remembered what the code was. Um, I thought that it would be kind of like, it would be cool if there was a cheat code to relieve stress. It could be something like a, kind of like a mantra or something that you would say to yourself to kind of bring yourself down, you know, if you were, if you were super stressed and um, kind of like a stress uh, release ball or something like that, you just kind of recite the code in your head. Or if you had like a game pad, like a soft mm -hmm. game pad on your desk and then you just go through the code and then you use that uh, enough times and maybe, maybe it'll relax you. Maybe. It's like it's like a mantra. Yeah. Up, yeah. down, up. Gotta do that quick. Gotta do down. it quick or the code doesn't take. But a mantra, you know, well, anyway. But yeah, I thought that was really creative. And I, I think I was not shocked or surprised because obviously everybody on the panel is really smart and really creative. But I was really, um, I guess, impressed by the kind of creativity that came out of this. So, you know, the idea of having almost a fidget cube for the Konami code to help with stress. I had never yeah. thought of that in a million years. It is a cheat code. So it is. It's, it's, a, it's a cheat code yeah. for stress. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. What's the uh, second one? The second one we had, which panelist has the highest blank IQ? And then the fill in the blank part was eating mushrooms and then stomping on mushrooms. So this one, this one wasn't our, our brightest moment, I think, uh, of the of the panel. Um, but I remember it started off like, like, are we talking about a drug reference or, or, or what are we doing exactly? But it ended up being uh, kind of like who's played the most Mario games, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was again. appalled by the the lack of Mario knowledge on the panel, and that's all I'll say about that. Okay, we should probably just move on then. <laughs> Number three, um, if blank existed in the psyche, would it be in the id, the ego, or the superego? And this was our first audience choice. And, and I, think, I think it was a good choice. Um, so we said Half-Life 3. Yeah, so someone in the audience suggested Half-Life 3. We randomly selected it. So if Half-Life 3 existed in the psyche, would it be in the, e the id, the ego, or the superego? Um, yeah. so, so like we, we didn't randomly select it. I did select like of the list of suggestions, I picked that one right? because I thought it was hilarious to think that, you know, Half-Life 3 is so elusive. Like many people think it actually exists. Some people think it's actually existed for a long time and Valve just doesn't want to release it. So I thought that the idea that it was, where is Half-Life 3? It's actually hidden in the, <laughs> in, the in the subconscious somewhere is fantastic. 
Yeah, we had to give a quick overview of, you know, it being the kind of the toddler inside you, the I need it now, the instant gratification, the ego being, this, rather the super ego being kind of the, the rule maker and the, the altruistic being in your head. And then the ego st- trying to, to strike the balance between these two polar opposites and then how Half-Life 3 fit into there. And do you, do you remember what, uh, I think, wasn't it Sean? Did he come up with the answer for that one? I don't. I remember Patrick um, really explaining what the three things were, and then um, yeah, I don't it was much remember. more elaborate than what I just said. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's a, an intro to psych professor who has yeah, so he, who has a, a speech ready. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I don't remember. I don't remember what anybody said about it. I don't either. <laughs> and that's terrible. But I'm also not. A, I, I think it probably would have been been more meaningful and easier for me to remember if I was a fan of the Half-Life series. Ah, okay. Well, I, yeah, I don't remember if there was anything particularly relevant to Half-Life. I remember, I'm pretty percent, sure but... Sean had like a really good zinger that got everybody in the audience like, oh, that's so right. I thought I was going to do it with the developer, mm, okay. but uh, okay. obviously, like yeah. he said, it's been two weeks. So, but uh, uh, add us, okay. let us know what you think uh, <laughs> that where the Half-Life theory would exist in the, the ego there. <laughs> All right, so our next pairing, uh, the card was Describe Confirmation Bias by, and the white card was Thinking with Portals. And I will just tell you straight up, I was terrified when this card came up because I could not think of anything. And everybody else looked kind of like, eh. and then Josue came through in the clutch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was probably my, um, I peaked at question number four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and my point was that you could explain to someone what confirmation what confirmation bias is through a simple experiment where you can because it doesn't matter whether you believe that the blue portal or the orange portal will always be better a better choice. Um, if you do either one, you, it'll always confirm your bias uh, regarding that. So I kind of explained that that idea, and and yeah, I'm I was actually a little a little offended by how impressed you all were with that answer. Um, but it was a good. It was a good moment. <laughs> oh, there, there, nothing to be offended by. It was, it was just pure admiration. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, because I, I, it was like, like it, it did seem like you guys were like, uh, I was like, I got this. I got this. I know. I got a good one. Look. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Here he comes to uh, save the panel. <laughs> All right. Oh, this was a great discussion. So number five was nature versus nurture in blank. And the white card was killing your Sims. This one, we had a good conversation going back and forth about this one. Yeah, this one lasted a while because there there was the idea of killing your Sims as in the player character or, you know, or nature versus nurture in the character and nature versus nurture in the player. Um, I was shocked that nobody else walled off their sims or dropped them in a pool apparently that's something that i did that i thought everybody did and apparently not everybody does no no i i I never (laughs) no i mean i know it's common but i i I do not so what what was your favorite takeaway that that was my takeaway from that moment um was learning i might be a little bit more uh morbid than i had previously known I did like that, that a lot of times you kind of took a step back and asked us asked the panel a question about what we were talking about necessarily that so you asked us all like do you or you may have asked the audience too like do you all like this is what I did I'm sure you all did that too right I was like no no 
<laughs> do you, I did not torture my Sims. But you could, but I mean, I know a lot of people do. A lot of people in the audience did, and and that was that was pretty funny. I know that the audience really got into that one, and and there was some some back and forth. Yeah, they they had a really good reaction. Yeah, yeah. and even someone on Twitter posted like a picture of that one, as that was <laughs> their favorite question. <laughs> well, was, and it, yeah, the, I mean, the conversation. I mean, nature, nature versus nurture is always an interesting conversation, no matter what you're talking about. Um, but like the idea of if you're you're raising your Sims and do your Sims become aggressive and if you don't meet their basic needs and what happens and what does it say about you if you enjoy you know I, I described it as kind of the the testing of bounds not so much of being a sadistic killer uh, in a in a digital sense but you know what would what would happen you can't do this in real life you don't want to do this in real life you don't want to kill people so you're you're exploring the and testing the bounds of the game um so i, I find it very uh like curious and experimental and uh like intellectually curious type of uh of framing rather than morbid <laughs> to me, I mean, The Sims is all about nurture because that's what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. If you leave them on, on autopilot, they're done, right? Yeah. Like they don't, they don't, they don't get very far. So, yeah, so I, I thought it was interesting where where it went. And uh, the the next similarly, the next one pairing number six. This might have been one of my oh, this is so close to number seven too. But number six was probably one of my favorite pairings. It was uh, what would happen if positive psychology endorsed blank. And the blank was spawn camping. <laughs> and there's, if, you, if you're if you a fan of positive psychology, I, I totally respect your opinion and your beliefs. Uh, but I, I, I do think that positive psychology gets a little, um, I, I don't know if it's taken as seriously by the rest of the psychology world as, as they would like. So it's sometimes kind of a punching, a punching bag uh, when we're, when we're feeling insecure. So, this was another really great example. That's interesting. Of, see, because I know you, I mean, you had a really good response. And all, again, where one thing that I did and my thoughts were completely opposite of everybody else on the panel, because I think of spawn camping as being like something that sends you to hell. And <laughs> Well, you know, and, and I think that camping is a legitimate strategy, but the, just, two different j- just on the positive, <laughs> but on the positive psychology um, part of it, I, I've, I'm surprised to, to hear you say um, like the punching bag aspect because you do you did get a PsyD right and I am like I got a master's degree in counseling and I found I've always found that positive psychology was to kind of like a response to um, the the psychology clinical psychology world so I'm not surprised to hear you say that um, but I am surprised in the sense that positive psychology seems to be so influential that a lot of the things that were introduced in the 90s by Seligman and and his people like now are just a part of so many different things where you don't differentiate like you don't talk about like oh well this comes from positive psychology it's just kind of a shift that has gone to more strengths-based um, ideas and things like that. Yeah, I think one of my issues with positive psychology is how it has been so rapidly absorbed into the pop culture, and or rather into pop psychology, um, in that a lot of times I think it gets reduced to things like, well, just smile more, or just be happier, or just focus on the good things and ignore the bad things, which is not the tenet that Seligman made, and that's not entirely helpful yeah. either. Like you, like you like to point out, it's about looking at your strengths and not necessarily just ignoring the stuff that sucks. And unfortunately, again, I think that's what positive psych usually gets reduced to, and that's where the punching bag kind of comes in, is as if, oh, just smile and it'll all be okay. That's not true. 
Um, I wrote a, a kind of a primer on on positive psychology on a book called um, The Walking Dead Psychology. So we were like using Walking Dead, but then I use all these characters to show the different, um, essentially what they what they show as virtues, right, of positive psychology. So it's like it's it is way more elaborate than what you're saying. Like it's way more elaborate than smiling. Smile mm-hmm. more, and you'll feel happier. But I really enjoyed that it kind of got into a back and forth with uh, me and Patrick about how, well, if you're good at spawn camping, well, maybe you should work on your spawn camping so you can become a better spawn camper. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah, screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely another highlight of the, of the panel was, um, and this was, this was so perfect. It was. Right? Like, like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, this is one of those moments I was like, this this is going to work. This is going to be all right. I wrote uh, these two to go together. Now, again, really? it, was complete, I was com- it was completely random. So it's just, like you said, 100 and whatever odd chances. Yeah. But when I wrote the psych one, I paired it with this the white card one. And I was like, oh, gosh, I hope those go together because that, that was the intention behind them. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't know that. And I mean, I can I can vouch for you that, I mean, it was completely random because when we tested it, like every single time it came out differently. Um, so this is, where does blank fall on Mas- um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? And the white car was teabagging. <laughs> it's just, it's so perfect. And again, this this sparked a really good, uh, really good debate. I think uh, the, the consensus was, well, uh, first of all, let me take a step back. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that pyramid that you've seen in your basic site class about you need to have you know food and shelter first before you can do anything and then it can goes on to like safety and friendships and things like that and you go up and up towards self-actualization which is basically the idea is you need to have your basic level needs met before you can move on to the next stage because if you don't have food or water you're not really going to be worrying about whether your friends like your shoes or not and so, yeah, I, I think the consensus was the step below self-actualization, uh, which is what's social? I don't remember. How oh, where's Patrick when you need him? Anyway, it was, it was one down from <laughs> self-actualization. Um, I personally thought it was self-actualizing. So I, I don't think there's anything that's more, you know, at one with the self than, than touching your genitals to somebody's face. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I had the opposite um, yeah. comment, which was that I think that it's, it's kind of like a primal need. It's one of those things you have to get out of your system before you can even go on to take care of anything else. So it's like food, shelter, teabagging, and then you can progress toward more more self-actualizing more lofty goals <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah that that oh, between yeah that was probably my favorite pairing of the night just right there and again totally random and i'm just so happy that that one came out uh let's hear up next we had what would blank mean on the rorschach of course the rorschach is the inkblot test and the white card that was drawn was slender man which i also thought well, i was really excited for this pairing but i thought it felt I felt like it fell flat and I'm wondering if that's because, well, first of all, what did you think before I go off on my tangent? Yeah. So Slender Man is one of those things where I, I really, I'd heard about it. I never, I couldn't, it, to me, that's not like a big gaming idea. Um, so I may be in a minority. So to me, I was like, you know, just again, from just my personal opinion, I was wondering, huh, that's weird. But I think that of any of the combinations that could have come up, this was probably the better one. It didn't turn out that great. I don't mm-hmm. think the discussion was good. It was really good. But I liked the pairing of it because the idea of like Slenderman being this like weird figure, 
right? That is kind of like, kind of, um, it's like almost esoteric, right? Like people don't, maybe don't know what it is. It's like a myth, like an urban legend it's type a of horror. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But like th- this idea of putting that in the Rorschach, and to me, the Rorschach is always is just like this stupid thing where where these blobs are are taken totally out of context. Again, like in media and in and in um, pop culture. So I was like, oh, I think these two match up pretty fine. But our discussion, yeah, I agree. Not so not so great. I don't remember what anybody said. <laughs> I mean, because someone asked, well, do you see it in the card, or is the Slenderman coming out of the card? And oh, yeah, yeah. I think it, that was kind of my my thought. I was like, so are we talking about if somebody sees Slender Man like in, as an image, what does that say about the person? Or are we talking about something else? And I don't think we ever really got to a consensus. And, and the tough thing for me is I, I realized that I was talking uh, kind of stupidly. And if I had thought about it for more than two seconds, would have realized I was making jokes about the scoring and the coding on the Rorschach. And of course, the only other, I think the only, uh, Sean and Pat, Patrick knew because they had to go through that to become our uh, in our doctoral trainings that you you learn the Rorschach you just do and I realized that when the three of us were laughing and nobody else was I was like this was stupid I shouldn't I shouldn't be making jokes about scoring because nobody else it's like it's not it's not going to resonate you know and I made like oh that'd be an FD response and nobody laughed Um, (laughs) so yeah that was I mean that was an example of one of the cards that probably if if we'd had more probably would have gotten cut Um, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs is one of those things where it's like meh nobody really uses that but it is enough of like pop culture I, it's still enough of pop culture right the people yeah. know what it is people mm-hmm. get the general idea of it or so I think that was explain. a good addition even though it's, yeah it's also easy to explain yeah but even though it's like obsolete and and the Rorschach is like super obsolete oh see I <laughs> obsolete to the point of I love the Rorschach I think it's awesome I used it all the time on my internship it's still used very very frequently in uh, personality assessment I again I I could talk. I love the Rorschach, but that's that's a different podcast. That's neither here nor there. That is a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up next? Uh, design a psychology experiment about taking an arrow to the knee. Now this one I definitely got Sean a lot of laughs right from the audience because taking an arrow to the knee yeah. is never not funny. It's true. This is true. <laughs> but I remember Sean getting really into it. Yeah. And yeah. I don't remember what he, how did he design the experiment? He, I think he was talking about uh, what you would have done, have a group of people who don't get shot in the knee, and then you have a group of people who did get shot in the knee, and then ask the p- group of people who didn't get shot in the knee what they wanted to do with their life and if they did it or not. The joke being that the guy yeah. in Skyrim who yeah. says, oh, I, I, used, I was going to be a whatever, and then I took an arrow to the knee. So yeah. the idea that the arrow <laughs> is, is what changes your destiny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we settled that that's not, uh, there's no ethical way to uh, yeah, we, have someone we decided take an arrow to the knee. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get through, the, through IRB with that. The no. uh, Internal Review Board no, would no, not no. allow for that to happen. <laughs> <sighs> All right, the next pairing yeah. was uh, what would Freud, I'm sorry, uh, explain the psychology of Mario Kart? Yep. And so this is funny. Um, I forgot to tell you not to include Mario Kart. Because I knew that Sean and Patrick had done this group work that they did um, when mm-hmm. they worked together in North Carolina using Mario Kart. 
And it's one of uh, Patrick's like go-to examples. And I, I forgot to say, don't use it because if that comes up in whatever context, he's going to use that opportunity to talk about this group work that he used to do, <laughs> which I, is which is actually a really cool way of using the game. Um, but I was like, but, but we don't we we don't need that here. And and sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick went into it, and and I don't really remember. There was something between you and me about blue shells and people being good or not and being hit by blue shells, but we I don't were, remember. We were talking about um, rubber banding and, you know, that you only get the blue shell if you're in last and, you know, this idea of flow state and making sure that you're on the edge of your ability. And then Patrick was like, let's talk about controllers down. So, <laughs> I mean, it was fine. Like, it, it's a it's a cool way to to look at the topic and and there's nothing wrong with it so yeah again to me it's funny just because i kept thinking oh i need to tell kelly to remove mario kart from and then, did, then you did. <laughs> <And> i forgot <laughs> i didn't get the esp message we got to work on that yeah 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 okay so um number 11 was what would freud think about and we kind of scrambled because I'm looking at the list. And I'm like, I have no idea what to choose here. And you kind of just saw one ran- randomly and that the, the recommendation or the suggestion was griefing or trolling. So mm-hmm. we went with trolling. So, so it's, what would Freud think about trolling? And then I don't remember anything because I kept looking at the list after that. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. That, that one's a blur to me. Yeah, this is another one that I, th- I thought had potential, but also fell kind of flat. I mean, to me, I was thinking in my head, you know, and I think I even said it out loud, like EPing, you know, type of trying to one up one another and, and inferiority mm-hmm. complex and that kind of thing. And uh, the other two panelists didn't didn't really want to take it anywhere. So, <laughs> so I was just sat oh, out then, there talking about, uh, about penises. Yeah, yeah. But I mean... As expected when you yeah. bring up Freud. Freud, um, naturally. Again, I, I thought I really wanted to bring up um, Binding of Isaac um, because that is a sh- uh, that is a game that's that's really about mommy issues, and I thought that that would that would be funny, but um, I think that that may have been one of those situations where if I brought it up, it may have only been funny to me, kind of like your Rorschach jokes. Yeah, because so. you know, I've I've never played, and I I don't know anything about it. So yeah. I, I yeah. can't verify one way or the other. Yeah, it was. I was very. I was very sad. If anybody saw a sad face, it was when you told me like, I don't know what. I don't know what that is. Let's not do that one. I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, fine. Let's put something I'm we sorry. all know. <laughs> all right. Our it's panel- fine. It's fine. Again, in my mind, it was. It was gonna be good, but there's no way to know. All right. In our penultimate pairing, we had how does blank make you feel? And this is actually kind of a perfect pairing. Uh, the that white was, card was yes. rage quitting. <laughs> so how does rage quitting make you feel? And this was another one of those examples where I talked about my personal experience of I don't like if I rage quit, I just walk away and ask the audience and the people on the panel if they'd ever broken controllers. And I, again, was really surprised by the amount of people who have broken controllers and even pulled the audience to see if anybody had broken a TV and they had. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. was just a joke. <laughs> And it's funny because the way and the way I interpret it was how does someone else rage quitting make you feel, mm-hmm. right? Like not you rage quitting, uh, but someone else. And and yeah, like that's that's no fun. It's not fun at all. I don't know. I'd, you know, if someone quits out because you're stomping them, it might, it might feel good. <laughs> make you feel a little, you know, little, little, little tingly. If you're at somebody's house and the guy breaks a controller because, uh, you know, they were they were mad about. 
Whew. Yeah, no, that's kind of scary in general. I, I admit it's probably a little satisfying, but still scary. All right. And what is our, take us home. What's our last pairing? Our last pairing was, how would you work blank into a Psych 101 course? And this was the, the final audience choice. And I believe it was an excellent selection. Again, I froze. I didn't know what to pick. And you went with bikini armor. And I thought that that was fantastic. How, how can you go wrong? It's true. it's true. Especially since we knew that Patrick uh, teaches Psych 101. And so I, yep. I picked it mostly because I wanted to hear him talk about Put how he would, he would uh, incorporate. Although I think Sean uh, stole the show when he said he would just wear bikini armor to his Psych 101 course. And that would be it. I blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> I, um, wow. Wow. I mean, it, it, it went down kind of the predictable path of talking about representation and, uh, you know, like gender representation in games, sexism in games, uh, you know, things like that. But I, I thought that was a great, uh, great audience submission. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of audience submissions, um, some of my favorites that we, we didn't get to use because we only, you know, we only used three of them. Um, but some of my favorite ones were uh, licking a Nintendo Switch cartridge, which was a thing that was on the news during that time. Um, someone called out uh, Sean for looking too much like Dan Harmon, the creator of Community. Um, yeah, that one passed right by me. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. I thought that was pretty good. Um, there were a lot of different games uh, that came up, um, some a little obscure. But let me see. Um, leveling up would have been good for a couple. Uh, again, we used Half-Life 3. I thought that was fantastic. Um, and then there were a lot of actions, like uh, jumping over a shell or jumping on Goombas. And <laughs> there were some Dark Souls references. There was some good stuff in here. Yep. And I, I have to say, I was really surprised. I was pretty certain at least one of the responses would be Dick's. And it wasn't. Not one. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm almost disappointed. You know, I thought, I thought I knew my audience, and I guess I nope. didn't. Once again, like you just have this view of humanity <laughs> that is, that is just, just wrong. It's just maybe, wrong, Kelly. Maybe. I don't know. My confirmation bias. I know it's based on otherwise. your experience, on your life experience, which is, which I understand. Oh. oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so then, yeah, we then we threw it to Q and A and had some interesting. Um, questions. The one that stands out to me is someone dressed up as the Joker came up and asked a question about what we thought about a guy who runs around with a boy in tights and lives with a boy in tights and was obviously trying to be funny and... He had a good he had a good Joker costume on. By the he way. did he did yeah. that. I yeah. don't know if it, I don't know if it makes it better, but he was trying to make a, a joke about being gay and I turned it into a joke about pedophilia so I'm not quite sure that was a step up um, <laughs> well and, and Patrick took it super seriously <laughs> and he yeah. did address like issues that came up like um, comments like that used to be made back in the like 40s right maybe the 50s I forget when the when the um, comic book code came into effect and he went into that whole history and really um, we only mentioned it I, I think you started mentioning it but there is a book called Batman and Psychology which is actually really good and I'm sorry I didn't get to tell him at the moment like yeah you should just check out this book if you think if you want to know more about like psychology and Batman mm-hmm. um, but yeah that one that one was the most random question we got but it was uh, it was funny but yeah uh, I think another highlight for me was getting to meet the two guys who uh I'm totally blanking on the name of their podcast. 
through the Geek Therapy Network. They we, we met well, they don't have after. a podcast. They run they run a uh, therapeutic RPG group. <gasps> That's what do, it is. Where they adapt essentially, it's their own adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons to do social skills groups. So yeah, so that the, um, Adam Davis and Adam Johns they they're at a Wheelhouse Workshop in Seattle, which is fantastic. Yeah, and they came to our panel. Did you go to their panel on Saturday? No, because I was volunteering at the AFK room. Gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't there at all on Saturday, so I missed it too. But they actually have um, some of their presentations that they've done at other PAXs. They're they're online, so I actually put a link to that in the in the show notes because it's what they do is so good. And I've talked to them on Geek Therapy and on Rolling for Change. And what they do is just fantastic. And it was awesome to, to meet them. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was so great to meet them. Yeah. And we did get a few uh, good questions, other questions at the end, too. Someone asked about using Minecraft. I actually got to talk to that person afterwards. I told her all about a few different um, programs I know of and how I used Minecraft in my own practice. Um, I talked to – I remember someone asked about using games in therapy. I remember suggesting that they buy a Switch because uh, that's like the most portable way <laughs> to have a two-player game um, when you're working with someone, especially if they're if you're especially you know there's so many people out there who work. You don't just have one office. You're moving from office to office. You're sometimes you're visiting people in their homes, and and I think that the Switch has just so much potential. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know questions are usually one of my favorite parts of the panels and getting to meet the people who came. And again, this was like Friday night at eight o'clock at night. So it was it was a really great turnout. And yeah, I'm I'm so happy that it it turned out well, would do again in the future and you know, definitely take some of the lessons learned from this time around and, and make some adjustments. But I think uh, I, I think the, the future looks bright for a a psychology or cards against psychology version two yeah no absolutely which uh the panel was called cards versus psychology i know i know i know know. spiritually we we knew it was cards against psychology that's what i'm going to call this episode (laughs) spiritually cards against psychology yeah yeah (laughs) no that was my bad that was that was my 3 a.m blonde mommy tired moment of not (laughs) fixing that oops Uh, nobody's perfect Uh, Oh, but it came out so good, though. It looked really good. It did. Oh, who, um, who was it that helped us with the JavaScript uh, call? Oh, um, he's a, a friend that I have from over in the, the old Halo days when Halo was on Bungie. Uh, when bleh, bleh. Bungie's were the original creators of Halo. And uh, I just put out a call on Twitter because I was having some trouble getting the JavaScript to work to make the cards randomly pair. And so I I had somebody come to my rescue and his Twitter handle is at Bjorn Lake. So B-E-O-R-N-L-A-K-E. Uh, his name is Michael. And yeah, he's a, an old time Halo acquaintance and absolutely uh, saved my my tail feathers. <laughs> no. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael, because that was that was awesome. And, and, it, and it turned out perfect. Yeah. 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 Um the yeah, the, the pairing is still the pairing is still online. We can throw it up maybe into the show notes so people can play and randomly generate their own cards. Oh yeah, I can definitely do that. Why 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 wouldn't I do that? Yeah. yeah. Awesome, let's do that. do that. <laughs> so people can see it. Yeah, and I'll put the actual one that we used. Okay, so yeah. These can possibly come up. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, again, tons of fun. Uh check it out. Let us know what, what you think. Um and and that's gonna be it for headshots this week. Um, this was this was a good talk about psychology and gaming and uh, cards against psychology. 
And if you want more spiritually, <laughs> if you want more headshots, visit headshotspodcast.com. We're at headshotscast on Twitter. We are part of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network, where we have tons of wonderful shows um, where you can hear interviews like the one we mentioned with Adam and Adam over at Geek Therapy Rolling for Change. We've got Jedi Council. We've got our sister podcast, Psych Tech, where you and I talk about psychology and technology. It's fantastic. And we also have a Facebook group. So check out uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Geek Therapy. Uh, good conversations over there. And we'll be back in two weeks. See you then. Bye.